So we are discussing from Chaitanya Charitamrita, Adi Lila, Chapter 1. In Chaitanya Charitamrita, Adi Lila, Krishnas Kaviraj gives his Mongol Charan, auspicious invocation, and it consists of 14 verses, which are then expanded upon throughout the better part of Adi Lila, after which how he came to write Chaitanya Charitamrita is described in his own words, and then the figure tree of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's love of God with fruits and branches as devotees are described over three chapters. And then Krishna's Kaviras Goswami introduces the Leela of the Lord after giving a philosophical foundation and introducing the players. Then he begins to discuss the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then his Kumar Leela, Pogonda Leela, Kishore Leela, and his youth. Mahaprabhu takes sannyas and the Madhi Leela begins. So here today, from that Mangalacharan, there are four verses that make up the root, the basis of that Mangalacharan. Two Namaskar prayers, the first two verses. The third is the Vastunidesh Shloka, which explains the gist of the whole book. And then Ashirvad Shloka, verse in which he gives a benediction. So today I want to discuss a little bit from the second of his two Namaskar verses in the Mangalacharan. In the first verse, he has explained in a general way. He's offered his respect to the deity of his book. And in the second verse that I want to discuss, he has given a more specific namaskar, pranam, to the presiding deity of his book, Gaura Nityananda. This verse also is the second verse of the book, and it's found here in the 84th verse, as the 84th verse of the first chapter. And again, it appears in Madhilila when he introduces the second chapter. He says, Vande Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nitananda Sohodito Godadai Pushpabanto Chitro Sandotamonudo I'll try to bring out some of the meaning of this verse. Vande Sri Krishna Chaitanya says, I offer my namaskar, my obeisances. Sri Krishna Chaitanya So Sri means Radha and Krishna means Krishna. Sri Krishna. Sri Krishna Chaitanya He says, I offer my obeisances to that person who is Krishna Chaitanya. The name Krishna Chaitanya was given to Mahaprabhu at the time of his sannyas. Keshav Bharati Maharaj had to think a bit what kind of name to give to this young man. As you know, there was a big and dramatic emotional assembly of devotees at the time of Mahaprabhu's taking sannyas. And Keshav Bharati Maharaj was not exactly the object of everyone's affection. But he was under the influence of the will of the Lord, and so he proceeded. Mahaprabhu's sannyas, of course, is very dear to us. Although, in a higher sense, the sannyas of Mahaprabhu is something that we don't think too highly of. 
in our position as sadhakas, we can appreciate Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sannyas immensely because it is in his sannyas lila that he goes for preaching and canvassing and collecting up so many jeev souls. Bhagavatam speaks of him in this way. He went, he took sannyas for the sake of all the fallen jivas. Mahaprabhu told Vishnu Priya Devi that in this Leela we all have to cry, such is the nature of this incarnation. And those tears are for all of us. So in this sense, we can appreciate the sannyasi of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. At the same time, one of my uh, favorite god-brothers, with whom, as with many of them, I have a love-hate relationship, <laughs> Guru Kripa Maharaj, he had little deities of Gornitai. Those of us who were involved in this at the time knew those deities pretty well. And I had a little set of deities, which I still have in worship, that Prabhupada told me to worship. And Guru Kripa Maharaj, in his competitive spiritual nature, was decorating the deities with more opulence and wealth than I could afford. Maybe it was that worship of Ganesh that he did on the side, <laughs> authorized by Prabhupada, <laughs> who had said, well, if you can give $100,000 every month to Mayapur, then you can worship Ganesh if it works. He replied like that to another devotee who wanted to worship Ganesh. So anyway, one day, Kripa Maharaj came up with an outfit for Gaur Nityananda where he dressed them like sannyasis and he had platinum mini murdungas for them and cartels. I mean, the deities were only like about this tall. So it was charming in a way, but I had a question about it from the point of view of Siddhanta and Bhava and I asked Prabhupada without directly referring to where I had seen it. I said, is it all right to dress Gaur Nityananda as sannyasis? Mahaprabhu in particular as a sannyasi. And then the Prabhupada replied, the devotees don't like to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi. Therefore, Nityananda Prabhu broke his danda in protest. Well, that is one kind of vision. And, of course, in the Nityalila, that sannyas is not uh, enacted. But at the same time, as I mentioned, it's dear to all of us, Acharya-lila, and that lila Mahaprabhu is teaching all of us, reaching out to us. So we tend to sometimes even gravitate towards that sannyas-lila, sanatan siksha teachings to Rupa and their interaction and so forth. So at this occasion when he took sannyas, Keshavarti Maharaj had to come up with a name, a difficult thing to do. But he was able, in spite of his being not exactly the apple of everyone's eye, as I mentioned, the instrument through which Mahaprabhu's hair would be cut and he would be taken away from them and so forth, he managed to come up with a name that pleased them all. He said, their name is Sri Krishna Chaitanya. So Vande Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Chaitanya means consciousness. Krishna Chaitanya means Krishna consciousness. Actually, Prabhupada drew his kind of second name for his society, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. He sometimes called it the Krishna Consciousness Movement. He drew from this Krishna Chaitanya and Krishnanushilanam, the term of Srila Goswami and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So he says here, Krishna Kaviraj Goswami, Vande Sri Krishna Chaitanya. My obeisance is to that person who is Krishna conscious, always conscious of Krishna. Krishna Varnam Tisa Krishna Sangopangasta Parshadam Yagnaisan Kirtana Praya Yajantihi Sumedasa. Krishna Varnam, from whose mouth always the syllables Krishna are coming. 
Very appropriate name, and everyone was charmed by that. But Kaviraj Kosani wants to say something more. Chaitanya also means soul. Consciousness, soul. So he's saying, my obeisances to this person who is, how is he conscious of Krishna? As the very soul of Krishna is conscious of him. In many places, the Acharyas have described in this way that Radha is the soul of Krishna. So as Radha, being the very soul of Krishna, the heart and soul of Krishna, is conscious of him, he wants to tell us Sri Chaitanya is conscious of Krishna in this way. He says here, Krishna, Chaitanya, is Radha and Krishna combined. And this idea of Gaudiya Vaishnavas is something that can be drawn from the entirety of the sacred literature. We not restrict our evidence to the Smriti, the Puranas, Srimad Bhagavatam, Jejatamam, Papadyantetam, Sataiva Bajamiham, Mamavart Manuvartante, Manusha Partasarvasa. We find in Gita Upanishad reference to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? If this verse is taken to its limit, Krishna says, Jejatamam Prapadyante. Those who Prapadyante surrender to me, however they do so, I reciprocate accordingly. Gopis took this verse to the extreme. Mahaprabhu said, Vrajavadu Vargena Vakalpitaha. Actually, Srinachakpati Thakur said, it is Mahaprabhu's opinion that the method in which the gopis approached Krishna, by which they approached Krishna, nothing is higher than that. So they, in effect, took Krishna up on this. They surrendered to him fully, expecting reciprocation. But when Krishna witnessed the measure of their surrender and love in Raspanchajai, Krishna left the Rasa dance to witness the measure of their love, being a connoisseur of love, Rasaraj. But when he saw the extent of it, he realized that he was defeated. So he appeared again before them. And ultimately, some conversation ensued when they asked, what kind of lover are you? Anyway, they made three suggestions, what type of lover you could be. One who loves because others love him, which is more or less a business arrangement. Those who love out of duty, even when others don't love them, like parents love their children, even when they don't pay attention, take advantage. And then there are those who don't reciprocate love at all. So they asked, which kind of lover are you? And Krishna responded such that he said, those who love only when others love, they don't love at all. That's only business. Those who love even when others don't love, they're dharmic, pious, religious. And those who don't love others, don't reciprocate in love when others love them, they're different kinds. Atmakam, those who are materially have everything so they don't care. Atmaram, those who are spiritually self-satisfied. And those who are envious. And uh, one other kind. That be those who don't accept any higher authority. So, Gopi's reason, this doesn't apply to Krishna at all. If he was Atmakam, he wouldn't have come. If he was Atmaram, he wouldn't have come. If he was envious, he wouldn't have come, and so on. So they asked him to speak further, and ultimately he said, Napareham. I disappeared, first of all, because I wanted to see the measure of your love. How one reacts after losing something very valuable that they've gained in love and affection and attachment for that is many times more than when they had it to begin with. So I disappeared to see your love increase for this purpose. But I have to admit to you, seeing it, I surrender to it. I'm defeated by that. You have to, he said, settle for your love, which is more than I in a mystic way. This we say it is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When Krishna sees the measure of Gopi's love and knows it to be greater than himself, being a connoisseur of love, he wants to taste that. So Gopis have taken this verse of Bhagavad Gita to its extreme 
exhausted Krishna's capacity to reply. So from Bhagavad Gita, if we look at it in the context of the entirety of the literature, we find an obscure reference to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is Upanishad. Tattvamasi, famous aphorism of Upanishads. Aham Gopalo, from Gopal Tapani. Favorite statements of the Advaitans. Vaishnavas also embraced them. One time, Siradhika had a dream. In the dream, she saw a golden figure dancing and singing in a setting that was just the same, resembling Brajdam. And by that singing and dancing, she was so attracted, and she saw everybody in the universe, from the lowest up to the highest Lord Brahma, crying. She woke from the dream and thought, in her chastity of love for Krishna, how could I be so attracted to that person? Who was that? Puzzled, Krishna came on the scene and she began to ask him and he just laughed at her. She couldn't understand. But that Kastuba money, the jewel that Krishna wears over his heart, it's said to represent all Jiva souls whom he keeps dear to his heart. Therefore Krishna said, those who worship the deity but have no regard for ordinary people, I don't accept their worship. That jewel over his heart, in the midst of this conversation, began to shine brightly. And inside of that jewel, representing the hearts of all jivas, who were rejoicing at the thought of that golden figure that she saw in her dream, from that she could realize why Krishna is laughing. The joy that they will feel from that figure can only come from the worship of Radha and Krishna. So she said, Krishna, Tattvamasi, <laughs> you are that. And, and Krishna, Aham Gopala, I am that, I am you, Gopal, also, in that appearance. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahayana. So we're not short of <laughs> explanations to shed light on the mystical and covert appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Covered it is, but it's our business to uncover that. So here Krishna Kaviraj Goswami introduces his book that will uncover the truth about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with this Namaskar verse and a specific verse, Vishesh, as I mentioned, Vandeshi Krishna Chaitanya. He wants to tell us Chaitanya is Sri, Radha and Krishna combined. My obeisances to him, Goranga Mahaprabhu. Then he says, Nityananda Sohodito. He introduces Nityananda Prabhu, the other self of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He says, Nityananda Sahodita. This word Sahodita is connected to the first half and the second half of the verse. It connects the two. Saha means with, together. It implies community of action, joint in action. Nityananda Prabhu is joined entirely with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Like I said, he is his other self. No other opinion than the opinion of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the best servitor of Mahaprabhu in Gorlila, in terms of broadcasting his message, going to the downtrodden. Nityananda Saha Udito. Udito means to rise up. It means high, lofty. Nityananda Prabhu sought to illustrate the lofty position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to make it known as no other could. What is the lofty nature of Mahaprabhu's magnanimous Leela, taking the highest thing and giving it to the most unqualified people? Therefore, Nityananda Prabhu reasoned, 
Give it to Jagai and Madai. I'll make some arrangement that Mahababu's frame will come to them. Then he will be known as Patit Kavan. Then he will rise high in the sky. His glory will be known everywhere. Nityananda Sahodito. He's one with Goranga Mahaprabhu, his other self. But through him, the glorious position of Mahaprabhu is expanded. Mahaprabhu was a sannyasi, as we've heard. So there's some limitations to his conduct in his leela. Mahaprabhu converted Sarvabhuma Bhattacharya and Prakashananda Saraswati, the most learned person of Nyaya and the big sannyasi Advaitin in Banaras, and so many Keshav Kashmiri, learned high-class persons from the society. As a sannyasi, he mixed with such high-class persons. But if we give a high thing to high-class persons, then that doesn't make for an equation of the fullest extent of magnanimity. But if you give it to the most unqualified persons, then we have that. And this, through his other self, Nityananda Prabhu, he arranged. Not officially as sannyasi, he would go. But he said, if you see Nityananda Prabhu in a brothel with a non-Vedic lady, then you should think he's only there for Goranga Mahaprabhu's mission to convert her for no other reason. So he's Saha, he's together with Goranga Mahaprabhu and Udita, taking him high in the sky, making his glories known. And Godadai Pushpabanto. Godadai. These two, Gora Nityananda, he says Goda Udai. Goda means sweet. This is the first meaning, primary meaning. Goda means sweet. So he's saying Godadai. Godadai, he means Godadesh. Godadesh, Desh means country, sweet country. They come from the sweet country. That means Brindavan, Madhudya, and Nabadweep are same. Sweet. Brajendananan ye satishtuta hoyle se balaram hoyle nitai. Narottam Thakur has said, these two Krishna and Balaram, they're coming as Gauranitinanda. So these two sweet lords, Goda Udai. Udai means like rising. So it means on the horizon of Goda. So on the horizon of this sweet land of Madurja. Madurja means, Goda means sweet, Madurja. Madurja means Krishna in sweet form, difficult to understand, human-like, not Aishwarya. But he says Goda Udai. Udai means eastern. Horizon. East is the direction of the gods, where light comes from sun and moon, illuminates. So he's combining these two. Goda means sweet Madhurja, Krishna. And Udai means that's not that he's not God. Not that Krishna and Balaram are not God. Although they're playing just like cowherds. And this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu, they are the same Krishna and Balaram. Very sweet, human-like Leela. But the background is Aishwarya. That is why Krishna Lila is sweet, because it's God doing these things. Otherwise, it's not sweet, not charming, not endearing to the soul, maybe to the mind and senses, but not to the soul. Gudadai, he says, sweet, Madhurja and Aishwarja, both. Pushpabanto. Pushpa means to give nourishment. And Pushpabanto is a special Sanskrit word. Banto means sun and moon. He says, these two appearing on the eastern horizon of Goda, coming from the sweet country of love, God, two gods, Krishna and Balaram, to do something very wonderful. Therefore, I've compared their appearance to sun and moon arising at the same time. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Vishwambar. 
the sun. Vishwambara means who sustains the universe. The sun sustains life, gives nourishment, maintaining. Vishwambara means maintainer of the universe by bhakti. Bhakti is life. What is it said in Hari Bhakti Sudodai, the nice verse? Bhagavad Bhakti Hinasya Jati Shastra Tapatapa Aparnasya Mandanam Lokaranjanam Whatever may be your qualification, Bhagavad Bhakti Hinasya, without Bhagavad Bhakti, it's like a dead body only, decorating a dead body. We say Vishwambar means maintainer. But how does he maintain the universe? By giving such injection of bhakti. So compared to the sun and Nityananda to the moon, who said to make all the vegetation succulent and tasty. Vishwambar is appearing and giving light and nourishment to the world in his distribution of bhakti and Nityananda Prabhu is eternally happy and joyful, takes joy in giving Vishwambar to the world. So he says, Goradai Pushpabanto and Chitro. It is chamakkar, wonderful, brilliant, chitro, wonderful, wondrous. Chamatkar means adbut. The Rasa Shastra explains the basis of aesthetic rapture, Rasananda, is this chamatkar, astonishment. So he indicates there what they have come to give. It will bring this astonishment. Rasananda, they've come to distribute the brightest uh, jewel of love of God. Chitro, Samdo, Tamonudo. He said they've come, they are Madhurja, but they are God. Nonetheless, Madhurja Lila is a closed affair. He says their appearance like sun and the moon is the compassionate heart of the absolute appearing. Where Madhurja turns to Audarja. He said this is wonderful. Chitro, Samdo, Tamonudo. Samdo. Sama is the son of Dharma. Some piety is indicated in here as to what they've come to give. Sama means that soothing experience we get by absence of passion, by abstinence from, in particular, from sexual activity. This is Sama, the basic idea of spiritual life, as this attraction between male and female makes the world go round. When we lose that attraction, and gain attraction for the real people inside. This is a basic idea of spiritual life. He's saying, this is a basis for entering into what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is about. We have to cross through this. But he's not saying that's the only thing. Samdo is they're giving. That would be very shallow if they're only giving this. But he wants to say what they're giving, don't misunderstand it, it has a basis in this. You'll have to pass through this to get what they're giving. Therefore he says, Tamonudo. He's further explaining. What they give, some, and what they don't give, nudo, tama. And what is tama? Tama means ignorance. And Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami has said, what is the ignorance that is in the heart of the jiva that Gornitinanda come to take away? He says, tarnam kaitava. It goes by the name of kaitava, cheating. And it appears in four forms. Dharma, artha, kama, moksha, vancha. Dharma means piety, artha, acquiring uh, wealth, thinking that this is what you need. Artha means our need. Dharma, artha, kama, sense indulgence, moksha, getting rid of all these three. Kaviraj Goswami says, Dharma, artha, kama, moksha, vansha. Vansha means desire for these things. 
These things have value. Scripture is talking about them, recommending them for different persons relative to their adhikar, their eligibility. Therefore, we are taught it is aparad to namprabhu to minimize the Vedas, those sections dealing with dharma, with karma and jnana, because they have their place. But Rupa Goswami has taught the desire for these things is an impediment to bhakti. When he wrote his verse in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, calling them pisachi, witches, one scholar objected. How you can call karma and uh, gyan witches? They are given in the scripture for people recommended according to their adhikar. Rupa Goswami humbly agreed to change the verse, to think about it. But when that gentleman went to take bath in Jamuna, Jiva Goswami followed him and said, you have not understood my master's writing very well. He said, who are you? <laughs> you tell me, you're just a young boy. He said, well, I'll tell you. I'm his student, and what my guru has written, that is perfect. What you have missed in what he's saying is the implication that the desires for these things, they're like witches that come to haunt the heart of the soul. And as long as we are haunted and possessed by these desires, then bhakti will not enter there, will not fully manifest there. So Kaviraj Goswami, in strong language, he says, Dharmartha Kama Moksha Vancha Koitava. I call all these things cheating. And they are tamo, the darkness of ignorance that covers the heart. And the brilliance of Gaurnitinanda in their appearance is such that I can compare it only to the sun and the moon that has the wonder of the capacity to completely destroy the darkness in the heart, all ignorance. It destroys the ignorance in the heart and he says, how this takes place? By following what they teach. And what do they teach? He says, Tatpabastu, they teach the absolute truth. Krishna, Krishna Bhakti, Premarup. Krishna means Samandagyan. Krishna Bhakti, Abhideya, Gyan. Premarup, Prayojana. This is Vastu Tattva, threefold, as it is taught throughout the literature. This was Mahaprabhu's opinion. Bhagavatam and all the Vedic literatures deal with these three subjects. In this way, they teach the one truth. Vastu Tattva. And he says, Kabiraj Goswami, Nam Sankirtan, Sab Anandarup. And this Nam Sankirtan is the essence, Sab Ananda Sarup. The very nature of it, its essence, is Ananda. And by this means, Nam Sankirtan, he says, this Vastu Tattva, truth about Krishna, that will be revealed. And what will happen? We'll come to Nishta Bhakti. And Nishta Bhakti is represented in Bhagavatam, Nasta Prayeshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. Bhagavati Uttamashpaka Bhakti Bhavati Nashtiki. And what is it characterized by? Service to two Bhagavatas. Bhuk Bhagavatam, person Bhagavatam. I was giving some lecture and I was making many technical points not long ago, taxing the audience <laughs> to think about the philosophy and understand it in so many ways. And so one fellow questioned, Maharaj, why do we have to learn all these things? Cumbersome. Whatever happened to just chant Hare Krishna? I said, you tell me. <laughs> Why don't you just chant Hare Krishna? <laughs> if you would just do that, no problem, but you don't. <laughs> and why don't you? Because all these things that support that idea, you haven't heard enough. To be convinced, sit down, just chant Hare Krishna. I'm still busy about so many things. So we should hear all these things. But then if you say, yes, Maharaj, I hear, but it's very difficult for me to have such uh, analyze in that way. My intelligence is not of that nature. But Bhagavatam said, that is all right then. 
you serve the book Bhagavatam, means all doubts will be cleared. Bhagavatam is uh, what does Guru Purana say? It is a commentary on Vedanta Sutra. So Vedanta Sutra is meant, especially second Adhyay, for clearing all the doubts that can arise in the human mind. Human mind means who's in touch with Saddarshan, all of which accepts Veda as Pramana in one way or another, to one extent or another. This will clear all doubts that can arise in the human mind. So study Srimad Bhagavatam, it is the commentary on Vedanta Sutra, all doubts will be destroyed. That is the first part. This is the business of Guru. He has to know Shastra to eradicate the doubts. He doesn't tell us, don't think. You're my disciple, now don't think. You've become my disciple, now you don't think anymore. No, he teaches us how to think. How to think in a spiritual way. Prabhupada used to tell us, don't think. And you can imagine what he was thinking when he could hear our minds. <laughs> so he said sometimes, don't think. But he spoke very loudly, 60 volumes of books, whatever it is. In that speaking, he's putting something in our heart. But don't think that sometime he's not going to call on that for his service. I want that now. What did I say to you? You said this, Prabhupada. What is the meaning? Our Gurudev expects that of us. So much talking, and we're simply sitting, thinking he's doing all the talking. This is great. <laughs> I just sit here and listen, or I don't listen. <laughs> I hear some of it, I don't. Then he asks a question. What is the meaning of that? Then he finds out you don't even know what question he's asking. What was the question I asked you? You don't know. This is not hearing. This is not how Maharaj Parikshit became perfect by hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. It is said it was spoken in seven days. And he listened with intensity. Idea is something like this. It means Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there are seven days. One of them he will die on. <laughs> One of these. So we should listen to Bhagavatam like that with that kind of intensity like Maharaj Parikshit, paying good attention. And the fact that we have, <laughs> some test will come for that, how well we've listened. In my own life, practicing life, I had the good fortune, by unfortunate circumstances, to be pushed in the direction of Bhakti Rakshak Siddhadeva Goswami Maharaj and hear from him. And he said just the opposite. Start thinking, like an uncle. He said, your Guru Maharaj has told you not to think. So your mind could be quiet enough that so many things could be poured into your heart. And now I'm testing you. Let me hear you think about those things. What did you learn? You came to teach. Like examination. He used to say affectionately, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur told Swami Maharaj Prabhupada, try to bring him out, Sridhar Maharaj. He's a good preacher. Try to bring him out, but he always keeps to himself. And if we study that Prabhupada's Leela, repeatedly he tried to bring him out and it was a kind of a transcendental competition in which Sridhar very expertly resisted in so many ways tactfully one time living in Sita Kanta Banerjee Lane Prabhupada was facilitating Sridhar for some preaching I have a book a very beautiful book called Prapananjivanamrita authored by Sridhar but I have the copy original copy that was printed after Sridhar wrote it, with the funding of Prabhupada's sister, Bhavatarini, we used to call affectionately Pishima. And Sridhar has written there, to Abhay Charananda, Sita Kanta Banerjee Lane Number 6. And Prabhupada has written in that book three different times, at three different dates, over a period of many, many years, his name on the book. This is my book. <laughs> this is my book, on the cover, inside, and another page. I have that book right here in Ashram. They had some affectionate relationship. At that time, Prabhupada said, let us form a mission and you will be the head and we will preach. Sri Mars avoided him in some way. 
Sridhar Maharaj said, my nature is backward pushing always. Swami Maharaj tried to draw me out. Prabhupada invited him to the installation of the Anantasesh deity for the building of the Mahapur temple. Sridhar Maharaj came, Prabhupada asked, you give your blessings. As a humble Vaishnav, Prabhupada thought like this. We should not think, oh, you're saying something to minimize him. This is the glory of Prabhupada, that he would think. And he said it himself, my only problem is I have no one to consult with. And we are ready to go anywhere and everywhere and say and everything and have no senior Vaishnav to consult with. And when asked, who is the senior Vaishnav you consult with, they say, there are none. There are no senior Vaishnavs. Then we make up some philosophy. Prabhupada didn't lead his life like that. He thought, if I could have someone to consult with, my life would be so much better. This is the spiritual principle. Actually, he wrote the Sridhar Maharaj from America when he became ill with heart problem again. He wrote a letter. That letter is there in Sridhar Maharaj's Math. What should I do? I may die here. My heart problem is serious. I'm here preaching. But the preaching is good for Guru Maharaj, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. I'm getting some results. Intelligent young men and women are coming. But I may die. Should I go to Vrindavan and leave the preaching field for dying or should I stay here? Sridhar Maharaj wrote, I think you should stay there and preach. And we are blessed by that advice. When Prabhupada installed Krishna Balaram Deities here, he invited Sridhar Maharaj to come and oversee the installation. Sridhar Maharaj was more infirmed, considerably more than Prabhupada. He couldn't come the distance. By the time I met him, he couldn't walk off of his veranda, couldn't move there. He'd been there for 10 years like that. So he begged Prabhupada, please forgive me, I cannot come. 1976 or so, Prabhupada went there and asked him, now you please come to Mayapur, I build a house for you. I will build a house, you make a lift. You can go up easily if you want to go to the second floor. We'll take a palanquin and... Sridhar Maharaj laughed. Me on a palanquin? <laughs> Dressed like this? Tattered cloth and, and so forth. Tactfully he resisted. And he told us, uh, at that time I thought, honestly, from my heart, Swami Maharaj wants me to come there and speak something to his disciples, but he's a greater preacher than me. And more energy and longevity. He's going all over the world like a young man. And I'm waiting to die. How, how will I go there? It's his generosity that he's asking me to come. But not that he really thinks I should go there and that I'm qualified in any way. In both ways they're thinking like this. This is Vaishnav character. Sridhar thought he's senior to me with his preaching mission. Prabhupada thought he's senior to me. Puri Goswami Maharaj, who I had the fortune to meet at Sridhar Maharaj's Math annually, where he would come and give praise to Sridhar Maharaj on the Vyasa Puja day of Sridhar Maharaj, where incidentally Prabhupada took his disciples for the first time when he told them we will learn how to do the Vyasa Puja in India. He took them to Navadvipur that was being celebrated on the occasion of Sridhar Maharaj's Vyasa Puja. And incidentally, as a side note, after that performance, that festival, Akinchan Krishnadas Babaji Maharaj began to sing in his beautiful style with with bhav and in his heart, Krishna Kirtan, that just charmed all the devotees, wherever they were from. If some of you have met him, you know. Now he's passed from the world some years back. He sang, and at the end of the kirtan, he sang, Jai Prabhu Pada, Jai Prabhu Pada, Jai Prabhu Pada, Jai Prabhu Pada. Afterwards, some of Prabhupada's disciples were charmed by that, and they asked their Prabhupada, can we sing that for you? And Prabhupada said, yes. This had came into Iskand in this way. We should know our family, how we are connected. And brothers argue too. As I told earlier, I have love-hate relationship with practically all of my godfathers, and they with me. But the love is at the bottom of all of that. It doesn't matter what they may do. I can tell you practically with my own human 
and limited spiritual experience. They may do so many nonsense things, and they may think I do so many nonsense things, but in the bottom line, we work together, we serve together for so many years for the same cause, and each one of us knows what that's about. And that's not just limited to my godbrothers and god sisters and me. That extends to all of us. All of us who are touched by what Krishna's Kaviraj is speaking of here. Bande Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sohodito Godadai Pushpabonto Chitro Sando Tumonudo. Those things on the surface that can be cleared very easily. And it may not need to be cleared. That is another thing. Much as variety is the spice of life, we are told. Differences between godbrothers, if we look closely at them, they may come to charm us. Once we read the letter of Prabhupada to Sridharmaj, that Prabhupada had written to Rupanuga Prabhu, one letter which he criticized Sridharmaj. He began it by saying, Sridharmaj, he is the best of the lot. He is practicing spiritual life. But he did this, he did that. Sridharmaj chuckled. He said, Swami Maharaj did not even spare me his old friend in his criticism. <laughs> hmm? So we just reflect. Bhakti requires some introspection. Actually, to be a decent human being requires some introspection. If we just have a little human introspection, we can understand the nature of these dealings as such. If we are to determine what is the nature of Prabhupada's relationship with all these great souls, for example, based on some superficial statements, it's not to get at the core of what their relationship was about. Puri Goswami Maharaj, I mentioned. I had the fortune of meeting him a number of times. And after Sridhar Maharaj had gone from the world, Prabhupada had gone first, Sridhar Maharaj, I was here in Vrindavan and I was feeling I would be fortunate to find a, some good company, some senior Vaishnava whom I could have some, to whom I could have some seva. And that day someone called, told me, you know, Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami, he's at Madhapar's Mat on the Mathura Road. So I thought I'd go there and have his darshan. Staying in a little room and singing, Goranga Bulite Hove Pulaka Shari thinking how I will enter into Vrindavan and all these things that Narottam Thakur sings of that describe the bhav of Mahaprabhu, Radha bhav. He's singing this song to himself. So I thought Krishna has answered my prayer. I took his association. I was able to render some significant service to Puri Goswami Maharaj. Good fortune came on my head. One devotee, his name was Rahugana, <laughs> and he had been a disciple of Hans Duda Maharaj, and whatever unfortunate circumstances arose that he had to seek shelter somewhere else is one thing, but it happened. And so in his search, uh, he came to know me, and he knew Nishinga Maharaj affectionately as well, and so at that, this point in his life, he was thinking seriously about taking shelter, so he came to our ashram in Vrindavan, and he asked me, Maharaj, what is your opinion? Who shall I take initiation from? Do you have any advice for me? There are various luminaries in the spiritual sky of preaching at the time. And he asked me about some, and I gave my opinion, and some I didn't say anything. <laughs> some I said some nice things, and I didn't so much want to be in a position of advising him, but I said, let me think about it. And then I went and talked to Nishinga Maharaj. I said, my idea is, please send him to Puri Goswami Maharaj. Knowing his nature, and what is the position of Puri Maharaj, this would be very valuable. So Nishinga Maharaj agreed, then he preached to him, go and see Puri Maharaj. We took him to Puri Maharaj, he heard several times, he became convinced, and he, our affectionate dealings and all was helpful in that regard. Then I took him there by the hand to Puri Maharaj, and I brought him for initiation, and Puri Maharaj gave him Harinam, and I said, Maharaj, give him the mantra diksha also. He said, both? 
He said, yes. So he gave. And he became Ramdas Prabhu. And Ramdas Prabhu has sung the glories of his Gurudev so widely that we are all acquainted now with some of his Siksha teachings and his kind-heartedness, his nature. And in relation to this principle that I'm speaking about, having some senior Vaishnav to consult with, every time I went to Puri Maharaj, it was a curious thing he was saying. There were Western devotees there, naturally, coming from the wake of Prabhupada's huge preaching mission. And he would say with folded hands, trembling, you are all Vaishnavs from all over the world. Vaishnav is not for anyone in particular, for everyone, for all souls. Mahaprabhu's mission is universal. He's saying like this, and I'm thinking, such a basic thing he's saying. We know that. Such a basic point. Sridhar Maharaj used to speak in such a refined way about so many intricate topics and showing so much gray area. And he's speaking about such a basic point, but with such feeling. I had to take it seriously. Seeing that, my mind went to one letter of Prabhupada that wrote to Puri Goswami Maharaj. Puri Maharaj had written him at one point in poverty and asked Swami Maharaj, would it be possible you could help with your big mission to send some funding for my small temple that I can assure that it's going to go on? I, Puri Maharaj was installed all the deities in Godiamat. That was his focus. So he had deities, he was concerned how they will be, the puja will go on, and I'm old, and, and Prabhupada wrote back, I don't know if you can digest the uh, money of my maleches. It may not be healthy for you, my maleche disciples. But if you want, I can take over the management of your temple. Very cutting remark, Prabhupada wrote. My mind went to that. Somehow I combined the two, and then I got the answer. Puri Maharaj made a testimony. He said, many years ago, Swami Maharaj Prabhupada came to India with his disciples and he called some of us and invited us to come. And we came there and he spoke to us about his preaching and we all listened. And then he asked us, so please take prasad. And at that time, Puri Maharaj said, we refuse to take prasad. Puri Maharaj is saying this to all of his disciples. We refuse to take prasad because we thought these boys and girls, they're malicious only maybe a couple of weeks ago. He's taken them, and we can see they're unrefined, very crude. Their understanding of the philosophy is limited. So what they, we take their food, that we may become contaminated by that. Puyamar said this. This happened, he said. I thought like that. And Swami Maharaj was hurt. In his heart, he was hurt that we did not accept his disciples. Puyamar said then, that letter came, and that hurt my heart. And I thought of that incident. But still, I did not understand fully. Then in Vrindavan, Swami Maharaj was leaving the world and some of us came and he apologized to all of us for his offenses. And we said, Swami Maharaj, you have not made any offense. All in the name of preaching for Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, you have done such good, it is nothing. But you may have criticized us. And Prabhupada said, Puri Maharaj, would you do a favor for me? And Puri Maharaj said, yes, Swami Maharaj. And Prabhupada said, when our Guru Maharaj was leaving the world, you were there. I was not there, but you were there. Sridhar Maharaj was there. And Guru Maharaj asked Siddhar Maharaj to sing Sirupa Manjari Pada, this Prayojan Tattva song of Narutam Thakur. And Siddhar Maharaj began to sing. And Kunjababat, who became Tirtha Maharaj, who was the manager of everything, he stopped Siddhar Maharaj. And he asked Prabhanananda Brahmachari, who became Puri Maharaj, who was a Kirtanir known for his singing, you please sing. Sweet sound for Guru Maharaj because you are always singing for Guru Maharaj and he likes your kirtan. So Puri Maharaj began to sing Sirupa Manjari Pada, Se Mar Sampada. 
And Saraswati Thakur said, No, stop that. I don't want to hear the sweet voice. I want to hear Sridhar Maharaj sing. What did Puri Maharaj do? From that day on, he accepted Sridhar Maharaj as his Siksha Guru. Not an ounce of envy in him at that time. Prabhupada asked, Do you remember that? Puri Maharaj said, Yes, Swami Maharaj. Then Prabhupada said, I'm leaving the world now. Will you sing that song for me? Yes, Swami Maharaj. Surely. And then he said, Puri Maharaj, I want to give you a gift. Can I give you a gift? Yes. All right. They talked a bit. They said, so bring some prashad for Puri Maharaj and others. They talked more and this conversation ended and Puri Maharaj went away. And Puri Maharaj said, he's telling this to his disciples. He's not saying, I never made a mistake in my life. Candidly, he's speaking his heart. Nothing to hide. This should be our relationship with one another. This is uh, kind of satsang, truthful sangha. We should come together at night, do kirtan and sit, and then speak around the room. What did you do today that deviated you from Krishna's service? Tell it. And the next person, and the next person, and the next person. Every night, like this. This is sadhu sangha. Guya makyati prachiti. This is loving, sharing one's heart. So Puri Marsh, telling this story, he said, I went away. And I thought, Swami Marsh wanted to give me a gift, but he didn't give it. He forgot to give it. I'll have to go back. Then he thought about it. And then he realized as that prashad began to manifest its power from Krishna and Balaram. And he said, then I realized what gift Swami Maharaj gave me. As my heart rose, as never before, I realized the universality of Mahaprabhu's mission. And that gift I got from Swami Maharaj. And I'm telling you that. You are all Vaishnavas, all of you. Not American Vaishnav, Indian Vaishnav. We are all part of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission. We have all got, are in the wake of this sando and the tamon nudo is being eradicated by that all darkness of ignorance that I call kaitava that comes in four shapes, all these desires for dharma, karma, artha and the desire to get rid of them in the form of moksha. He's saying, Premapumarto Mahan. This is the chitro, wonderful, sanudo and tamonudo of Gornatinanda's Godadai Pushpabanto. By Sankirtan, he says, Dham Sankirtan, Sabananda Swarup. Vastu Tattva, you will know the truth. That is Krishna, Krishna Seva, Krishna Bhakti, and Premarup. Heart will be cleansed. We'll come, he says, in touch with two Bhagavatas. Nasta Prayeshu Badrishu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttamashloki Bhakti Bhavati Naishtiki. Let them speak to us with some openness. We are all possibilities. Godadai, that sweet country that is godly. What possibility is there? God acting like human. It is the meaning of Godadai, as we've explained. And champion of love, Rasaraj, means all possibilities. In love, all possibilities exist. In love, one's faults become ornaments. This is what Mahaprabhu has given. We should read the Bhagavatam with some openness. I'm saying some things about Prabhupada, just not pre-planned, but as they come to my mind, we are all coming one way directly or indirectly from his preaching. Multi-dimensional person. Not fixed in stone, everything he said. He gave the final order and this is it. <laughs> this is the final order. Sarvadharman purityajamamekam sharanam braja. Understand that godadai pushpabanto. It will take some openness and great humility 
as far as we can think, we should try to read these books with open mind. Study the meanings of every word Mahaprabhu said, every word of Srimad Bhagavatam is Krishna. So I told him, yes, you can serve the person Bhagavatam if you don't have a big intellectual capacity to study all the scripture. You should do both, but at least that one. But as far as you have intellect, it should be engaged in Krishna's service. So try to understand the literature thoughtfully, with open mind, with open heart. The book will speak to you. And at one stage it will say one thing. Another stage it will say another. At one stage it will say, when that is coming in your heart and Prabhupada says, if you have more interest in this subject, then you read that book. Then you go there. Then you read that book. And it will say, read that book. And then you find... I used to read these books. I mean, I still do. But I, I read Bhagavatam, Prabhupada's Bhagavatam more than 10 times, maybe 20 times. Chaitanya Charitamrita as many times. Bhagavad Gita, now that I've written this commentary, as many times. Nectar Devotion, Teaching the Lord Chaitanya. So many times I read those books. I listened to every tape of Prabhupada that ever came out. I could memorize the tapes. At one point I memorized the tapes and I would repeat them as an exercise to the devotees as we went out on Sankirtan. By his grace I had some interest to hear from him. And at one time I thought, I'm current, waiting for the next book, waiting for the next tape. This is a problem. <laughs> when we think like that, and I was fortunate to get the creeper, the mercy of finding out you cannot get it all. You cannot collect it all. There's one book after another after another. When these are the basic books. Chaitanya Charitamrita, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Srimad Bhagavatam Bhagavad Gita. Only these books you need. There are everything in these books, but we find so many books have been written about these books, showing what's in these books. And I've gone and I've read so many books with that same mentality. I'll be current. I'll read everything. And I have some way of finding out the meaning, even when the language is difficult. Just due to the nature of my interest in the subject, it all comes back to these books. Chaitanya Charitamrita Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, Bhaktivedanta Sindhu. We should go over them and over them in good company. And if we find we're losing interest, I know that. I read that. I have been lecturing this month on this first chapter. One of my disciples remarked, I read that chapter, it was boring. I thought that was just, you were supposed to get through that chapter. Obeisance is here, obeisance is there. This verse, Vandeshi Krishna Chaitanya, just obeisances. We know that. And now we are talking too long, I'm sorry, and one verse. And we've gone through this chapter. She said, but I heard him speak, where am I speaking? So many things I didn't know were in there. I found it was the most interesting chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita. <laughs> So we should keep good company, have open heart, study Srimad Bhagavatam, serve the person Bhagavatam, and come to Naishtiki Bhakti, Mishta Bhakti. And Kabiraj Goswami says, serving these two, through Namsan Kirtan, what Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu gave, we come to these two, Bhagavatas, and they are the dwaram for Bhakti Rasa. They are the door to enter there. And entering there, he says, through that door, that heart of yours that had all those desires, Dharmartha, Kama, Moksha, Vanchadi, and everything else, all that will be taken out. And what will happen? Krishna will be arrested in your heart. Bhagavatam has said it itself in its Vastanide Shloka, second shloka of that book. Very quickly, one who hears Srimad Bhagavatam from the right source, that Krishna who is the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam, 
will be arrested, imprisoned in his heart. That leads us to believe the subject of the Bhagavatam must be about Sri Krishna Chaitanya, as we've explained. Radha Krishna Nahayanya. It must be about the soul of Krishna. That when Krishna sees, if you just become interested in hearing that, not even you are studying it, become interested in hearing that topic, Krishna becomes captured in the heart. Of course, there's a generous explanation. Jiva Goswami says, that will happen to Ganis and Jignashu, who come from that side to Bhakti. Not those who come from Artha and Artarti, for material gain, to get out of the stress and so forth. So in all these books, you see, we can speak in a generous way and we can show the conservative side. We can say it's all in this book. And we can say, no, there are many books. And we are saying the same thing. But don't allow your mind and intellect to make this out to be less than what it is. Mind wants to take the descent of divinity and, and to kill it. Take the life out of it, like a vulture. Grab onto it and categorize it, label it, place it in history. Say, this is what it is, all these things, nothing more, and that's it. This we should avoid this, try to avoid this. By good company, it's possible. So in this way, on the holy occasion of Gorpunim, we have tried to say something about Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami's second and specific Namaskar shloka of his Mangal Charan, in which he offers his obeisances to the deity of this book, Gaura Nityananda, through whom we get the possibility for entering into the highest uh, ideal of Braj Bhakti. Any question? Yes. In our own self? Actually, the nature of this development is that it's self-apparent. What does Krishna say in ninth chapter? Rajavidya Rajaguyam Pavitram Idam Uttamam Pratyakshavagamam Dharamam Susukam Kartamavayam So Pratyakshavagamam Dharamam It is uh, it is about love, you see. And in love, there is a kind of knowing that is automatic. You will perceive these symptoms of such development in ourselves. They are self-apparent. book is there to give some idea but I'm going to tell you that the book gives us only an outline. There's a whole book there. And you have a page in that book. And it's waiting for you to write on it. And this is my name. And this is my place. And that comes in the heart. And when you write it, and you think, am I writing this? Yes, I am. I'm writing this. And that's my place. And people may think I'm crazy. But I feel it. And I cannot deny it. That page manifests in the book of love of God. That the scripture is just an outline. How limited is an outline? You see, when we go into the land of faith and return to the world of doubt to speak about it, what can we say? How much can we say? The whole philosophy, what to speak of Prabhupada's book, the whole Goswami Grantha, all of it. The philosophy is a limited expression of what this is about, this experience. So even with some open-mindedness, we have to approach the philosophy. And, and Vishwanath Chakvati Thakur will say, there is this an art and this sub an art and that and all these things. We we'll try to get it all worked out. And that will be useful, obviously, to help us. But there are thousands and millions of an art that he hasn't even talked about. And your own particular nature, it has only been talked about in the most general way. And in that group, what you will do and all, how you will function. So that the nature of this is self-luminous. It will come. 
You chant Hare Krishna nicely. Practice Vali Bhakti very sincerely. And if you aspire, I want to attain Braj Bhakti. We should aspire like this. When I was just a young man, living in New Dwarka, Prabhupada's glorious capital in the West, a devotee told me, you know, most other devotees go to Vaikuntha. And you know, when you're new, you don't know that much. And so I didn't have any argument to reply. And he was preaching, most of the devotees go to Vaikuntha. I couldn't reply, but I cried. Vaikuntha, I thought. Krishna not even in Vaikuntha. <laughs> that one who plays the flute, standing there on the altar next to Radha, I'm attracted to him. You're telling me I'm going to go to Vaikuntha? You should have that kind of feeling. I want to go to Brajlila. But I may know I'm not qualified to go there now. So I've tried to qualify myself by all these practices. And I will chant my mantra and think, Jiva says, I want to go there. I want to go there with all this mantra is talking about. And if we're sincere in our practice, that mantra will rise in the heart like the sun and reveal Bhagavatsambandha, our relationship with the Lord. And there'll be no question like, how will I know? How can I tell? If we ask the question, it's not coming yet. It will be more of a sense, as love, this love awakens, you want to share it. There's the nature of love. You want to share it. And as you start to, you realize, oh, I can't share it. <laughs> Everybody doesn't share the same feeling, exactly. And they think I'm crazy. Who are you to say that? You're feeling like this. So, it's a very high thing, of course, our ideal, and that awakening in the heart. But it will come. It comes to the simple and sincere devotee. One who wants to be a good devotee only. Try to be a good devotee, not a great devotee. And it will come, serve Vaishnavas. And when it comes, you will know. Otherwise, as I say, scripture has given some outline. Bhagavad Gita is there. Krishna asked the question, what are the symptoms? He explains the symptoms of the Jnani Bhakta and also Shuddha Bhakta, Jivan Mukta, other places. Some description is there. Rupa Goswami has given a ninefold. Adu Shadha Tata Sodhusanga. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakura has tried to fill in some details. So we can know all these things that will be helpful. But like I say, that is like an outline. If we think, am I qualified for Hegi Raghunuga Bhakti? Shall I go there? Vishwanath says in Raghavarma Chandigarh, and then he's not qualified at all. We should aspire for such a thing. That is our ideal. What is Ruchi? What is Mahaprabhu said? Nadanam, Najanam, Nasundarim, Kavitam Bhajagadishkamaya. He's explaining this way. Fellowship Shastakam. Everything is there. Nadanam, Najanam, Nasundarim, Kavitam I don't want any dhanam, any wealth. Najanam, any followers. Means also opposite sex. Sundarim, Kavita. It can be explained in different ways. Beautiful poetry. Oh, that refined, subtle, sattvic experience of the arts, drama. You have to understand, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates, it came from this stuff. They were poets, literateurs, in a greater sense. So this literature, poetry, drama, the arts, it's a certain language. And if you have sanskar for that, you can taste it and you get lost in that. And so much so that the poets have called rasa. Secular rasa. Mahaprabhu says, Kabitamva. Not of that either. No taste for that. Rupa Goswami has said, Secular poetry. If there's any rasa in that, it's vipatsa. Disgust. This is the sum substance of the experience of interaction with the sense objects. Ugh. 
Ruchi is explained in this way, no desire for these things. So you must have some desire, some taste for something that you're going on with in your life. So you look for a person who has no interest in this. He must have some taste, some ruchi. And what is he preoccupied with? Krishna, 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 Krishna. And that will turn to attachment. At this stage, then, what can be sannyasi? That is Daivavarnashram. Ashram for devotees who have shraddha, varikar for bhakti. Daivavarnashram. Not ordinary varnashram. Who has nista, at least, luchi, asakti, they can be sannyasi in Daivavarnashram. Grihasta, what is the grihasta? He's a devotee, she's a devotee, and they are to think, other devotees need help. So I have been positioned here to help them. The younger ones, children, they need some financial support. Older people, they need some financial support. The other ashrams, they need some support. My, I am Vaishnava, this is my service. Banaprastha will retire, live in the ashram. Brahmacharya, barn and ashram, who is a Brahmin in Daivarashram, he can take sannyas. Who is a sudra? He cannot follow. He goes away, he comes back, he goes away, he comes back, he goes away, he comes back. This is Bhakti Sarsvitakura's idea. So when we come to Ruchi Asakti, Ruchi is the basis of this spiritual identity. And when you have Ruchi, then you know what to do. <laughs> you follow the Ruchi, the taste. Follow your taste. This is the ultimate prana. We keep hearing Shastra Praman, Shastra Praman, Shastra Praman. But Chaitanya Charitamrita teaches the pramana is pratyaksha, experience. And we, and we know that as a fact. We can hear Shastra all day and night. The only reason we're here is we've got a little experience somewhere along the line. And we know. It's not like anything else. I want this. We should try to act in such a way. Therefore, study the scripture for what? For doing bhajan, not for collecting information. To prove your point. You can beat somebody over the head with that. It's argumentation. That is not helpful at all for bhakti. That's pretty cool. You study it for this. This is what I mean by open heart. Let it speak to me what I need to do now, today, to make progress today in Krishna's service. Preaching will come automatically. You don't have to study for preaching. What I will say to them, I will defeat them, I will say this, or that. Or they're all demons. They've all rejected Prabhupada or their that or whatever we say in so many different groups these days. And I'll study that, I'll find a verse, and I'll make my point. Find a verse to change your heart. Read it with this. The heart changes, and preaching is overflow, automatic. And that kind of preaching, that will be compelling. That will draw us in. This is Mahaprabhu's standard. Mahaprabhu is Acharya. His leela is Acharya leela, as we've explained. He didn't write anything, eight slokas. Prabhupada says, the first business of the charge is that he must write a book, author a book. Ramanuja established this system of Shishta Dvaita with his Tika and Madhva Dvaita and all they have their Tikas, huge commentaries, elaborate, giving the meta-narrative. This is the answer to all the questions of life and I've shown it from the Shastra. We should think about that too. They've shown it from the Shastra. All different things. <laughs> what does it say? It's not all in the book. Mahaprabhu wrote only eight verses. What was his principle? He said the books have been written. Srimad Bhagavatam is the commentary on Vedanta Sutra. We've already got one. I'll teach by my example. Apani Achari Bhakti Sikai Musavari. Yadad Achati Sveshtas Tattare Vetarojana Sayat Pramanam Kulute Lokastaranamukte. Kaviraj has quoted this at least four or five times in Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is how Mahaprabhu preached. How Mahaprabhu defeated people? Very simple. Saivites, Vaishnavites, who's superior? He said, hmm, well, Mahadev takes Ganges on his head. 
the full wash of Vishnu. Vishnu must be superior. Simple. Chandkazi, he defeated how? He didn't get in a huge philosophical discussion about Islam, Quran versus Bhagavatam, and we'll go back. He said, is it religious to kill your mother? No, you're doing that. What is that? Converted. <laughs> what was the power behind his statements? Such a small statement, but what was the realization behind that? The fact he converted everybody like this. More than by what he said, the point is, by his example. So it's incumbent upon us, whatever group or ism or schism or whatever it is we are in, that we call Godia, it's incumbent upon us to set an example, to develop love of God. So study these books that way and practice. And what comes to you, if you feel it's worth sharing, then you share it. And if someone asks you a question, you answer honestly what you've understood. And if people are attracted to that, then go on in that way. So we have to become real devotees. Now it's time for this. So that, uh, this is the 500 some odd year of so many things we've seen come and gone. And it's my 51st year. And I took sannyas here in 1975, 25 years ago, at the opening of this temple. And I joined as late as 1972, so 28 years. And now I'm not the only person this age who's involved in this. We should be settled in this, what it is. We are all together in this. And I'll tell you something, nobody is going anywhere. If somebody you don't like, you better get over it because he's not going away. We are all in this forever. Whatever exists will always exist. Whatever doesn't exist will never come into existence. This is Vedanta, Nyaya. And in terms of bhakti, it applies as well in a smaller group. We're all in this, and nobody's going away. So if somebody's giving you a hard time, you better find another way to get around it and opposing him or just trying to avoid. Just try to see his good qualities somehow or other. And if they can see your good qualities, then maybe you don't have that much to argue about. So this is incumbent upon all of us. And it's time. Now, I'm just, I'm so much pressed to tell you this. Forgive me, because I'm the worst of all of you, probably. But this we must do. Any other question? Yes, Maharaj. Sometimes we see that devotees kill other devotees. And I know there's a principle, the important principle of Rake Krishnamarite, Mari Krishnamarite K, and everyone is getting their own karmic retribution. And we know that there's killing going on in the material world. People are killing one another. So I don't know how to phrase the question exactly, but could you comment on what to do with the situation where you have to go like this and preach. You have to go and preach like this. You have to go and you have courage. You go and sit before them and say, you kill me. But this is what I'm about. You speak like this. What will be the loss for you then? And if they are so bad that they could do such a thing, then what other way will you stop them? You can try to get law and these things. Then you become entangled in this. That will not cure them. But if you tell them, Mari Krishna Rakike, Rakike Krishna Marike, go to them, sit before them and say, so you want to kill me? So here, here is the gun. This happened. One of my god brothers, he went to Sridhar Maharaj early on, and he took sannyas from Sridhar Maharaj. He was brahmachari. He took sannyas from Sridhar Maharaj. He was given the name Kanangiri Maharaj. Nice man. And in one place in America, he was preaching, and... Um, there was an uh, attempt to, I don't know, kill him or hurt him. Anyway, they, 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 he was beaten very badly by some devotees. Maybe they left him for dead. So he himself got a gun. 
thought I'll need a gun to protect myself. People are after these guys are calling themselves devotees. They want to kill me. So he got a gun. He was keeping it. So then he came to the moth and he told the story and said, I'm keeping a gun now. Shittamarsh heard it and he said, oh, his name was Kanangiri. He said, Kanangiri, you're keeping a gun. He said, well, Marsh, so what should I do? He said, you should take that gun and you should go to those people and give it to them and say, here, kill me, shoot me. If you want it so bad, I'll make it easy for you. But before you do, let me tell you what, what I'm about. If they kill you then, you go back to Godhead. <laughs> and maybe to see that kind of courage and honesty and sincerity, why you, you go to this extreme, is that what this, this is what it's come to? Maybe they'll stop. Otherwise, you can go get the police and you can do all this and you can get guns yourself and so forth. And <laughs> The war will escalate. That's my opinion. And that idea is given by senior Vaishnav. Shiddha Maharaj. Of course, it was a little different. He had a gun. He said, give it to them. They want to kill you? Make it easy for them. And is there God? We find out. If there's not, well, no laws. Maybe there is. We should test this philosophy. There are so many examples in a Vaishnav Sampradayas. This is not a new thing. The Shankarites, they wanted to kill them. Madhvites and kill Ramanuja. This attempt to kill Ramanuja and so forth by other spiritualists at least. So anyway if we study those histories we'll find they dealt with it in similar ways often. Another question? Well, you know, Raj, if I could just give one little story, it's not of course the same exalted level as many of the examples you gave, but when I was in South India back a while ago and in Tirupati, saw there was a Madhva temple there at the other end of the Ghat in the temple and I asked how come the Madhvas have this big temple here? <laughs> and I was told, best I remember, that when the Muslims had come to the south, they had basically tried to, they killed all the Brahmins to try to wipe out the Ramanuja Sampradaya. And the Madhvas, being so learned and having very carefully studied Ramanuja's books and arguments, sent their missionaries over to retrain the Ramanuja Sampradaya and recreate it so it wouldn't be lost. They weren't thinking in a selfish way. Mm-hmm. So out of gratitude, trying to save for Sampradaya, the mothers were given a temple there. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I think about that. Mm-hmm. As, even though we know, Chaitanya said about the different companies, so many things, but still there's that example of Vaishnava mm-hmm. caring. Vaishnava community. Yes, actually, in Gaudiya Sampradaya, Bhaktivinoda Thakur and following that lead, Bhaktivinoda Sarasvatakur, more than anybody else, have established this principle within Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya of respecting the four Char Sampradaya. Otherwise, many Gaudiya Vaishnava, they could care less about it. It's another religion. But Saraswati Thakur did not teach like that. Or even beyond, you're saying, the Gaudiya circle. And, you know. and the same thing, Mayavadis. We can't fight them, but we have much in common. With real Mayavadi, they would say Krishna is the supreme manifestation of the Saguna Brahman. It doesn't get any better than that. So we say, well, we've got something in common. You like Krishna. And the efficacy from worshipping Krishna in terms of getting mukti, oh, very expedient. How you, so find some common ground. Say, if you're going to take the trouble to worship Krishna and all, then why not believe in, uh, in Golok? Because if it's not there anyway, you'll, you'll get mukti <laughs> easily. <laughs> Try to find some common ground. And these are the times we live in, after all. I mean, and Prabhupada, of course, with a very different way, used to lash out against the Maya, but he, we have to follow Prabhupada like adults, not like children. When you're children, you, if you do whatever the father does, it's cute. But if you grow up and you do that, just imitating him and anything, 
Never expanded the business, never brought any new products in or any, had any good idea or anything. What is that? So we live in very pluralistic times. The world is very different. I mean, Prabhupada himself came from a particular cultural setting and so forth. He's given certain information, responded to it in a certain way with all of his purity and so forth. Other information is there now. That uh, in general, of course, it's all the same stuff, but it's in a different package, so it has to be addressed. And the world is connected on the Internet. I mean, anybody can go anywhere and find out anything about anybody, practically. Anyone can examine any religious tradition in the world today with far more scrutiny than anybody in 500 years ago was able to study Mayavad and Buddhism and what Ramanuja said and uh, just sitting in your home and your computer. We have to read the times that we live in and then think how to speak about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So, and then Bhaktivinoda Thakur had a similar approach of more of a pluralistic outlook and making camaraderie with the opposition to a point. Bhakti Siddhanta came out in completely the opposite way. So some people think he's not a follower of Bhaktivinoda. But one story just briefly, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was meeting with one big Sahajya once. And they were talking and the young boy... Bhimal Prashad came, and from a distance, 100 feet away, he paid obeisances to Bhaktivinoda. That's a Hajya Baba, he said, oh, a very nice son, that from a distance, he's paying a dandabat like that. He trained him very nicely. Bhaktivinoda chuckled. He said, ah, he's okay, but the reason he did that is because he's taken a vow that he will not come within 100 feet of a Sahajya. <laughs> and you are a Sahajya, so he's doing that. Oh, okay, then they went on with their conversation. <laughs> so, Bhaktivinoda Thakur had one. He was willing to talk with them. All right, so you think like that. We think like this. We're different. We have opposition. And maybe there's some common ground also. Though. And then Bhakti Siddhanta was ready to bring out that difference side of Bhakti Vinod to make it clear that he would not be misunderstood. That he's just one of them in the group there and they're all, he doesn't have any difference. I have some difference. So things come around, you know, that goes the full circle. Now we may preach in another way. And the preacher has to think like that. So, anything else? All right, I'm very, uh, feel very blessed to have the opportunity to come here and speak in a place that, uh, as all of Vrindavan is, is sacred, but we've come to know about it more than we did uh, previously. Ramdas Prabhu and family have found this uh, samadhis of some great Vaishnavas, as I understand it, and I hope they'll be pleased with the talk. They're probably in a different group altogether. <laughs> but uh, maybe we've been able to uh, forge a greater communion with them given that the talk has gone in this kind of direction. So anyway, I feel blessed. I'm very honored to be here. And uh, sorry for speaking too long. And we'll have Arctic. And the moon must be up almost. Oh, it's gorgeous. Oh. ki jai. Sri Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami ki jai.